Craft Beer Radio, episode 14, September 22nd, 2005. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week, the second of our two Trappist beer shows. And I didn't do the Trappist beer intro. That's fine. Well, I just figured like, that we did it once, you know. There's was plenty. Happy autumnal equinox. Thanks. <laughs> and welcome to fall, is what Jeff really means to say. Welcome to the depressing time of the year where there's more darkness than light. Isn't that tomorrow? Today. Nope, today. Oh, hmm. Shows what I know. So, well, first thing we'll do is move on to business. First of all, our survey is over. Thank you, everyone who participated. Absolutely. We do have some winners. Drew the names the other day, and three of them have replied. David from Adena, Minnesota. Gary from Rancho Cordova, California. And Jeff from Clarkston, Michigan. All three of them chose the beer. So, I have that subscription of Brew Your Own Magazine still. I emailed one other person to see if they wanted it. They haven't got back yet. Okay. So all is not lost for the rest of the listeners. If he declines or doesn't get back to me, I might be emailing you with that subscription of Brewer Magazine. What beers are we sending? I'm not sure yet. I don't. I want to keep it kind of a surprise. Okay. okay. I, I have an idea, which I'll tell you. But it's going to be a beer that's in a couple. We're having in an upcoming episode, so they can taste it with the show. Oh, very good. With the survey closed, we have our demographics and we have our media kit complete. So we're going to be shopping that around, trying to get some sponsorship for the show. Wanted to share a couple of statistics with you that we compiled from our demographics. 67% of our listeners are between the ages of 21 and 35. That's good. 97.5% are male. Yeah, that's pretty much what we expected. It's hoping for a couple more ladies to be yeah. listening. 91.4% are reside in the United States. Which makes sense because we are primarily doing United States beers. Well, this week and last week, certainly that's not the case. Right. 62% homebrew, which is a pretty big chunk. Yeah. 55% have attended a beer festival in the past Good for months. you guys. That's good stuff. 76.6% have been to a brewery in the past you know, year. I've never been to a brewery. So. Get off my show. <laughs> Just kidding. Out of the other alcoholic beverages drank, 71% also drink wine. Mm-hmm. And a whopping 3.6% drink of alternative beverages. Alternative. Zima, Smirnoff, all those under one, other wonderful Mikes. beverages. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for everyone who took the survey again. And uh, we will probably be doing this sometime again in the future to update our stats and be giving away some more fun stuff. And you'll probably be able to look at our media kit too, so you can... Yeah, it'll be up on the website shortly. I'll have to put up the little send me your email to get it type thing so I can follow up on leads. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much standard par for the course for media kits. Okay, there are several ways you can give us feedback to the show. You can either post a comment on our website, which is craftbeerradio.com. Vote for us on Podcast Alley and leave a comment if you'd like. Oh, yes, this is a new one. Okay, we have a new comment line you can call and leave a comment, which we could play on the show, or if you don't want to play, we can just listen to it. Call our new comment line at 206-202-BEER. 206-202-2337. And the last option is you can always send us an email or an audio comment to beer at craftbeerradio.com. 
We uh, peaked at 66 on the podcast alley. Awesome. So thanks, everyone. We're starting to slide a little bit. So if you haven't voted, please go. But thank you for everyone who has. On to beer news. What's up in beer news? Kind of slow beer news week. Yeah. I only had two items until I found a new website which had some good news on it. Okay. So the first one I have. What's the website? Probrewer.com ah. has some industry news Okay, and had stuff that I didn't find anywhere else. Last week, Widmer, Brewing, Widmer Brothers Brewing in Oregon. Okay, you got that right. right? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I say Oregon, I always make sure I say it right. Widmer Brothers Brewing in Oregon turned 21, so they can drink now. <laughs> well, that's good. The brewery it's good drink. the brewery can finally drink. Yep. They're the biggest brewery in Oregon, among the five biggest U.S. craft brewers. The Widmer Hefeweizen is the seventh best-selling craft beer in the country. Oh. I never had it, I don't think. No, I haven't had it. I, I did have don't. a Widmer once before. I don't remember which one it was, okay. though. So congratulations, Widmer, and being a big brewer, we're going to have to seek out some more of your beers. Yeah. Next story I have is about Oscar Blues. This is that brewery that we talked about before that cans their beer. Yeah. They are doing gangbusters. So far this year, they have a sales increase of 76%. I wonder if the cans help bring maybe people who aren't that into craft beer into getting a, a six-pack or so. They see a sixer of some cans they haven't tried, pick it up. It could be. We, there's that whole stigma of crappy beer being in cans, though. Right. And the people who buy cans aren't necessarily tuned to be looking for craft beer. Well, I imagine so. those people are not really pouring it into a nice glass and drinking right. out of that, but... Yeah, it, it's a stigma that needs broken down. Yeah. As we talked before about how cans are such a good medium for... or a good container for storing and shipping beer. Mm-hmm. Some more information about... Oscar I mean, a keg beer. is just a big can, right? Exactly. Well, stainless steel instead of aluminum. Right. right. The company last year had a growth of 123%, and this year they expect to be up to 100% growth by the end of the year. So they're going to double in size this year. Wow. Last year they produced 2,600 barrels of beer, and this year they've already produced 3,500, and they hope to hit 5,200 by the end of the year. Congratulations, Oscar Blues. Next up, Sierra Nevada and Rogue Ales both took home multiple medals in the 2005 Brewing Industry International Awards handed out in Germany. And Sam Adams and Bridgeport Brewing also scored some major victories here. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale won in the International Kegs Competition, capturing gold, and silver in the International Ales Competition. Maybe we can post this, post a link to this, because yeah. there's, there's so many different beers here. You guys can take a look at our website, craftyradio.com, and view this and see which beers have won the different competitions. There's a bunch of different competitions, a bunch of different awards based on alcohol level, that sort of thing. So, Sierra Nevada Porter won the International Dark Milds. Or, I'm sorry, they got bronze in the International Dark Milds. Rogue Ales took gold and silver in the specialty other category with the Rogue Chocolate Stout and the Hazelnut Brown. Hmm. Which are two really good beers. Yeah, I know, I know the Chocolate Stout's really good. I haven't Mo- tried their Hazelnut. Oh, I may have. International Strong Lager, the Mor- Morimoto Imperial Pilsner took Which bronze. I've heard is really good. Gotta give that a shot. The last news story we have is just a little press release that I got today. Lion Brewery in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania announced that they're going to be starting a annual Oktoberfest held on the brewery grounds. They're going to be October 14th and 15th of this year. That's not far from here, is it? It's about six hours from here. so no, it's, it's not little, incredibly far. It's a little too far to go for just yeah. one day. 
it's going to be like the Penn Brew Fest. They're going to have yeah. bands and food, and it, they wanted to start a nice community event. So I, I thought we'd mention it for our friends in Wilkes Barre. Wilkes Barre is actually pretty far from here. <laughs> they think about it. All right. Well, on to email. Uh, Jim from Ansonia Court. Ansonia, Connecticut. Connecticut. You see, you had the CT with a lowercase t. I didn't realize it's state. I'm sorry. And a period after it. I mean, it looks like cart. Sorry. Uh, he says that he likes Brooklyn Brewery, but he had a problem with their Oktoberfest, which we tried in, uh, was it part one or part two? Part two. Part two. Well, he says that it was one of the lowest carbonated beers he's ever seen. He says it has a great, great taste and good head at first, but it loses the head much too fast and gets a little flat. He says that there's a problem they should address, but I don't really remember it being low carbon. He might have gotten a bad bottle or bad yeah, I'm batch. just curious how often he's had it and how many different occasions he's had it low carbonated. Because when we drank it, it, it tasted fine. Yeah. It was a very good October. It was, it was our favorite of the night, I think. It was, it was a favorite of the night until we had the spot, I think. Okay. That was probably tr- yeah. correct, yeah. Second email is from Rick. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the official style guides for beer styles as published in the BJCP. If you're interested in passing this on to your listeners, here's a helpful link. And he brought up a good point, because we use those when we describe the beers, uh-huh. but we probably don't make as much use of them as we should. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to start linking to the style, the BJCP style, and put it on yeah. the show notes for the show. It's a good resource to explain not only what taste you're, you're looking for in the beer, but also what taste you, you, there shouldn't be in the beer. Like one of the ones is diacetyl, that buttery taste. And a, a couple of the beers are tasting, like the Belgians, we shouldn't taste diacetyl in them. And some of the other beers, that that's a prominent taste, or it should be there. They explain different tastes you should see, shouldn't see. I noticed we were relying on them a lot in the Oktoberfest. That was one where we were using that a lot. We were saying, the beer style guide doesn't really say we should get hoppiness here, but I am getting hoppiness, that sort of thing. Just so everyone knows, BJCP stands for the Beer Judge Certification Program. And you can find more information at bjcp.org. Jamie from Charlottesville, Virginia asks... Is curious if we ever tried Old Dominion Brewing's Tupper Hot Pocket Ale. Have you? I have had it before. He just one that went on to say that it's a local beer for him, something that he describes as a very solid everyday beer, a good choice for him. And he was just telling us about the mm. beer. <laughs> well, what do you think of it? It's a good traditional English IPA. Okay, I would call it. It's not over the top American or anything, but it's a good traditional beer. And it, like you said, it's a good solid everyday beer. Mm. Tim in West Virginia says Orval also makes a watered-down version of their product, Green Cap Petite, only found at the monastery and the restaurant by the monastery. What he had, and he says it's not bad. He just came back from Belgium. Well, we said in our show that Orval yeah. only made that one kind of beer. So there's news to us. Thanks, yeah, the, which is interesting because one of the things I noticed, I was looking at other reviews online about Orval. We notice a, a distinct sourness in the taste. Now, it less than normally put some of the yeast in there. When we mix up the yeast, it got the sediment in. But some of the reviews that I noticed online said it was sour. Some didn't mention the sourness at all, which I find interesting. I wonder if maybe, I, I don't know, maybe different recipes or different times. Yeah, just it's curious how someone could write a review and not mention the sourness that right. they tasted. Our beer could have been different somehow, somewhere from when they tasted. I noticed enough reviews saying it was sour that Obviously, we weren't the only ones who got it. It wasn't a spoiled batch of beer or something. But it's interesting that, yeah, like we say, if it's a sour beer, you're going to point out that there's some sourness in there. You'd expect. Our last email, Rick from Oregon, he was catching up on our episodes, and he wrote in. 
Oregon is pronounced Oregon, not Oregon. Yeah, we know. It's my personal mission in life to correct this when possible, as I love my home state. It's also home of some of the best breweries in the country, but I may be biased. Mm-hmm. And I replied to Rick saying, that's it. From now on, we're either calling it the O State or South Washington. <laughs> oh, oh, that's rough. Yeah, this is pronunciation game for this week is a repeat, as it turns out. But such is the deal. Well, on to our next segment, which some of you love and some of you hate. What beer am I? So what beer am I? Winners from our last show, Corey, Andy, and Ben did an interesting experiment with that subjective review, which was, of course... Alaskan smoked porter. Which is absolutely delicious. And the, the key word in there was fish. Yeah. The stuff smoked over alder, which is the same kind of smoke chips they use for smoking salmon. So this beer almost tastes like salmon juice when it's fresh. Well, it doesn't... I mean, there's no fishy taste to it, but you get that, that same taste that you get in the smokiness with smoked salmon. So that's why... I mean, because it reminds you so much of fish. Exactly. I wouldn't say it tastes like fish. Okay. It's a very good beer, and if you ever make your way to the Pacific Northwest or to Alaska, you should seek it out. I got some clues for this week. Okay. I didn't have what beer in my block like last week. Yeah. I don't know this one this week, so it's going to be interesting for me, too. Okay. First clue. I am a strong red ale. Now, this is interesting because I used the description that the brewery gave me, not what is listed on some beer sites. So all of you guys have just been clicking on the style and going through the list. Not so easy this Maybe week. Maybe not. I am 8% alcohol by volume. Okay. And the last clue. 8%. I am particularly tasty for lumberjacks who are trying to get home in time for Christmas. Huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> particularly tasty for lumberjacks who are trying to get home in time for Christmas. Exactly. Okay. Well, I'll try to figure that one out, guys. I have no idea. Okay, time to move on to the beers. Trappist beers, we have our first beer. We, we did Trappist. We explained what the Trappist thing was last time, so if you want to learn more about the Trappist breweries and that sort of thing, listen to last week's show. We're going to move right on to the West Mall Trappist Triple. It's 9.5% alcohol from brewery West Mall. I can't really read this. Abbige der Trappist and von West Mall. I can't wait till we're doing American breweries yeah. again. <laughs> and uh, brewery location in Mal, Belgium. And it's pouring as a triple should, a nice straw color with the... Uh... Should we get the sediment in this one, too? Triples? Not I don't think so maybe much. Maybe not, okay. But it, it's, it's, it's nice and cloudy. It's uh, got a reasonable head on it that's nice and creamy, uh, small bubble head. Don't really see much in the way of bubbles in there because it's so cloudy. And getting uh, uh, again, getting some some of that tannic smell. It has a little bit of a grapey smell to it, and it also has some of that that sweet triple smell from yeah. the Belgian candy sugar. But it is has that grapiness that we tasted in the the Orval. The Orval. Definitely there. Yeah, it's a fun. It's smell. getting stronger as you get there, and yeah, it's, it's very delicious smelling. It's, uh, it smells yeah. a lot like um, a lot like a red wine. Some of the remnant sweet aroma seems to have came off, and now it's more of that yeah. tannic that we were taste smelling. Not really much tannic in the taste, though. I mean, there's there's more of that sugariness that the Belgian sugar is hitting you in the back, and don't really taste much in the way of tannicness. 
maybe a little bit of sourness on the on the very tip of your mouth. I got a little bit of tannic sour, a fair amount of alcohol in the flavor, mm-hmm. and then the rest was uh, a re- residing sweetness that was just underneath those flavors. Yeah. It's not your typical sweet and fizzy triple. It has That's for a, sure. A little bit more sourness to it. It's interesting. Yeah, it's not quite what I first expected, but as I drink, as I take the second tip, second sip, it's really, it's really starting to feel really nice, and the taste is, is kind of coming together. You can sort of see where, what the taste is trying to achieve. There's some sugariness kind of wafting around in there. Again, like most of these Belgians, like most of these Trappist beers, it had a, a really velvety feel, mouthfeel to it. Are you still not tasting much of the tannins? Because I'm getting an awful lot of the, the sharp, tart sourness to it. I can't say no. I, I'm really not tasting much of the sourness at all. I'm getting a lot of the sugary, some bitterness in the back. You know what? Since this is a heavily bottle-conditioned beer, I wonder if the top of the bottle, which you're drinking, is different than the bottom of the bottle. What do you yeah. want to try here? Sure, let's... Let's swap glasses and see if we get the same flavors. Slightly different, but I see where... Yeah, I'm getting more of the sourness in that one. So we should have poured it in little segments. A little <laughs> bit for you, a little bit for me, that, a little that's bit for you, a little so, bit for me. Yeah, now, now, that, now that I let that sit a bit, yeah, I'm getting much more of the sourness is coming through on, on the sides of my tongue. And that you could tell in mine, really, there wasn't any of that there. Okay, so Greg's reviewing the top half of the bottle. I'll review the bottom half. Well, which is interesting because you don't often get a beer that will change from one part of the bottle to the next. Well, there's more yeast in mine. Yeah. Well, try pouring a little bit of yeast in there to see if I can get a little bit of a sourness. The, there we go. Okay, yours tastes more like mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the yeast itself gives it a very tannic and tart flavor to right. it. Right. Which was funny because with the Orval, the yeast tamed it. It is kind of interesting. The, the Orval was, was it, I guess it was a triple too. No, it was a, just a uh, Belgian, Belgian Abbey. Yeah, Belgian Abbey, yeah. And uh, so the yeast tamed the sourness in that beer. And the yeast brings out the sourness in this, sourness in this beer. Very interesting. The Westmall website. I like it both ways, I do. The Westmall website is in Flemish, I believe. So you can't get too much information off of it. It's trappistwestmall.be. They're distributed by Merchant Duvin, which is the distributing company out of Seattle. And they had a fair amount of information on their webpage that we were able to get. Monastery is located in the village of Westmall in the province of Antwerp, Belgium. Founded in 1794. The triple was first introduced in 1934. The, the Westmall double was brewed in like the 1850s or something like mm. that. They won the gold medal in the 2004 World Beer Championships. Really some just interesting sort of candy is coming out as this warms up a bit. And you can taste a little bit of hoppiness to it in the background, which is it's coming out a bit. Yeah, as it warms up, it's getting a little bit more flavor. I tasted a little bit more hoppiness. That's what I tasted first. And I'm getting a little more of the, the alcohol evaporation yeah. from... When you're t- tasting the aroma in your mouth. It doesn't quite have the same kind of uh, degree of alcohol accentuation in the flavors. Like, for instance, the West Vlatrin, after you drank that, you let air waft over it, and you got all different flavors to come up. This doesn't have the same kind of character. You're right. It, but you're getting some. It's yeah. still plenty flavorful. It's oh, absolutely. Like- it's plenty flavorful. It doesn't have that after flavor. But that may, that's probably not indicative of a triple in the first place. 
I wanted to get the double because I wanted to get something that was a little closer to the other beers we're trying, which are right. doubles or quadruples, but they didn't have it, unfortunately. Okay. This is a fine beer. Yeah, it's a good beer. It would have been easier to compare right. had we uh, gotten the, the double. This beer overall, for my personal opinion, I think it's a little... For a triple, I want something a little bit sweeter to mm. it, a little fizzier. And this, the sourness in this is not really what I'm looking for in this style. I like it a lot for a triple. I mean, I think that most triples tend to be a little too sweet, tend to kind of over-accentuate the sweetness, whereas I like this sort of more subdued in the sense of sweetness triple with more of a some, some other flavors in there to compensate. Right. Well, I agree with you that some triples can be too sweet. I just think that this one is... Delirium uh, tremens. tremens is a good example. Yeah. I just think that I'm looking for a little bit more sweetness and a little bit more of that dry tannic flavor in mm. this beer. Not a bad beer at all. You, you won't go wrong. I think the last sip was my favorite sip. Isn't that how it always seems to go? <laughs> yeah. Moving on to the Chimay or Chimay? Chimay. Chimay Grand Reserve, which is a Belgian strong dark ale, 9.7% alcohol by volume i believe it's 9.0 isn't it uh, yes 9.0 yes this one is slightly less in alcohol than the previous beer but i figured since they were very close go from light to dark right should be said we're drinking this one out of the small 11.2 fluid ounce bottle because she comes in this size and the big and the huge 750 milliliter right. bottles oh and they also come in a magnum too and we are drinking this out of the chimay glass these are all coming out of Again, the Chimay goblet glasses. So this beer should taste as good as, as it, it possibly, ever possibly can, can right. because it has the silkscreen on the side of the glass. As you would might expect from a strong dark ale, you are getting a strong dark looking pour. It's got this brown, very brown. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it is a very brown. It's not translucent at all. I mean, right. you it's, can't see through it. It's not black, though. It's brown. Yeah. It's a real real heavy brown color with, again, a nice velvety head on top. There's a sugary and slightly bready aroma coming from it, but that's about it. it, it it's not as much aroma as some of the other beers. It has plenty of the bread. It To me, it's what Chimay smells like. Yeah. And it smells like a lot of other Belgian Abbey-style lails. It has plenty of bread. And you know what? A little spice. I'm getting a little bit of uh, yeah. There's some spice in this cinnamon thing. or something like that. Yes. Um. I don't know exactly what all my spices taste like, but it's a little ginger. bit of a, a ginger. Yeah, like a little bit of a sweet slash spicy type mm-hmm. spice in there. And ginger or cinnamon would be very two very like like close a gingerbread. It almost smells like. Okay. Initially. The, the flavor doesn't really hit you at first, but as the beer is swallowed, a lot of the flavor comes out. There's a real candy flavor that comes around the back, uh, and it's staying, it's sticking around. Yeah, this beer is, when you drink it, the way you experience the flavors is almost the exact opposite as the Westmall Triple that we mm-hmm. just had. The Westmall, you got the flavor when it was sitting on your tongue and you had beer in your mouth. This one was in your mouth. It you don't get much flavor it's almost like there's water in there but after you swallow it boom it explodes inside yeah. your mouth and you get all this flavor really interesting that that's one of the first beers i've had that actually happened to it was dramatic it could be because of the um the carbonation this feels fairly fizzy on your tongue 
So you're t- might be keeping your tongue from tasting yeah. the flavor then. I mean, it really is dramatic the way the way that worked. It didn't really get much taste, and then boom, it hit. Since I think it might be a little bit more carbonated, and I'm not tasting it, I'm swirling the goblet a little bit to work out some gas out of the beer. It might have been also our, our tongues were trained a bit to that triple. It could have been. What else do we have about this um, brew? This is the most commercial of the, of the Trappist brews. You probably this is the one you are most likely to be able to get. All the ones, if if it's, you have a good enough beer supplier, you'll be able to find all of them, with the exception of probably West Flatron. Um, yeah. But this one is available much more widely than. than yeah, you might ones. even find this at a decent mini mart or grocery store. You know. We don't have either of those in Pennsylvania. We have to go to our distributors and six-pack shops to get them. But I wouldn't be surprised to see some Chimay at a grocery store that has decent selection. The other ones might be a little tougher to find at those kind of places. You have to go yeah. to a specialty shop. Now, again, even with a little bit less carbonation, it still it has more flavor initially, but really the flavor hits after you swallow. Okay. And it's kind of interesting because we talked about with the... With the West Mall, we talked about how it didn't really have a lot of that after flavor, and this one is almost based around after flavor. Yeah, it certainly is. Some of the other beers that Chimay makes, they have their Sink Sense, which is the Chimay White. These Chimay beers are often known by the colors of their labels. Mm-hmm. The Grand Reserve, the one we're drinking, is in the blue label. So just as often as someone orders a Grand Reserve, you'll say, give me a Chimay Blue. So the Sink Sense is the white one. That's a triple. And the Premier is the red, which is the double. Hmm. The, the carbonation is not the, quite the velvety feel that the other Belgian, the other Trappists have had. It's more carbonated. It's got more oomph to the to the feel, more, more harder. There's some taste of chocolate at the end there, a little bit of cherry, black cherry. Yes, I'm, All I'm, hitting the back of your tongue. Greg's better at finding those flavors than I am. I'm sitting here trying to figure out what I'm tasting. I'm getting a fair amount of alcohol from this. Yeah. A lot of the evaporation, the... The warming around, not warming around your mouth, but the, what you get when the alcohol evaporates on your, and you feel it in your mouth. Not much is hitting the top of your mouth, but there's a lot of stuff on the back of your tongue. And so this is a little bit of that gingerbread stuff is starting to come through a bit now. Yeah. The beer warms up. We're taking really small sips, just getting a little bit, breathing over it. Cause that's where you really experience this beer. Right. It's not a beer you chug. Well, none of the beers. None of the beers are chug, beers chug, but there's not a beer gulp even. Right. I mean, there's some beers you take a big sip of, like the one we, a couple of beers we did, a beer we did in the opening, in the beer Moretti, the lager, right? Nice drinkable beer, and where you take big, big sips compared to what we're drinking here. Right now, we're taking a little bit because you just want to breathe air over it, swallow it, and enjoy the aftertaste because that's where the majority of this beer is coming from. The smaller you get, the the smaller a sip you take, the more noticeable the hops are. And it's basically this, this, uh, a rolling hot bitterness in the back. One of the more, I'd say, accessible of the Trappist beers, I think. Which is probably why it's one of the more commercial ones. I like this beer, but I can't drink a bunch of it. Hmm. it just the, the flavor gets old on me quick, it seems. I'm really trying to experience, you know, all the depth to yeah, it. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Well, I say, you know, accessible because it doesn't have the the same kind of flavor depth as some of the other ones we've had. It's it's more straightforward. That could be, yeah. And uh, you know, I don't mean that in necessarily in a bad way, but if you wanted to start someone on a Belgian beer right away, this is probably a good one. I, in fact, one of the beers I like to to really start people on Belgian wise is Bornum's Double. I think that's really nice double. 
doesn't go overboard with a lot of the sweetness. It it is tamer. It has some good flavors in there, but it's not going to kill you. And this reminds me of that one. Okay. Yeah, I've had this beer in the past, and I always like it when I start drinking it. But I'm I'm kind of happy I'm only having half bottle tonight because it just it doesn't keep me. I get tired of it halfway through mm. if I had a whole pint or you know a large glass of it. It just gets tired on my tongue for some reason. It's enjoyable. It's just one that you definitely. I I have to drink in moderation. Just sample it and enjoy it in small doses. I don't know if I feel the same way. I I certainly have a, have a pint of this, and I'm going to the Sharp Edge tomorrow, and I'll probably probably give it a sh- another try. We get half priced Belgians during happy hour. So oh, nice. There was a um. Oh, what's the name of that beer? Oh. Jeff is thinking. No, there was a beer on the Good Beer Show, Belgium beer that you can get every once in a while, and they talk about how great it is. And I was thinking they might have it at the Creek House because it's in season right now. Maybe I'll take a listen to the Good Beer Show see if I can figure out what beer that is. Yeah, it was... Um, I want to say it was Golden Drock, but... I oh, yeah, I've had Golden Drock. But I Drock. don't think that's... No, Golden that's, Drock is a, bel- is a barley wine that's really kind of... Okay, that's not what yeah. I... That's not it then. You'll have to listen and figure out what it is and see if they have it, because they were <laughs> really raving about this beer. It's kind of over the top for a barley wine. I mean, barley wines are in general over the top and a little too highly sweetened for my taste. Although we got to do, do them sometime. That'll be an interesting show, because they're all like 10% alcohol, like these. Yeah, we'll do it when there's a lot of snow on the ground <laughs> with the Imperial Stout show. But that one was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff. I, I, I had a friend who... Uh, we had Golden Drock there at the Sharp Edge, and he just couldn't take it. He hasn't. He's not really that into good beer. I mean, he was enjoying the stuff I gave him, but that one was a little too much for him. And I didn't blame him because that one was pretty, pretty intense on the sugary side. Oh, Grotten Brown. Grotten Brown. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll take. I'll look for that. See if I can. It's find from it. Saint Bernardus, the Herat, where they drink in Muncie at the Good Beer Show. They got a couple kegs in this year, and that stuff just pours out of there so yeah take a look and see if the creek house has some grotten brown i'll take a look and let me know our final beer of the night is the trappist rochefort 10 it is a quadruple with 11.3 percent alcohol thank goodness it's a smaller bottle <laughs> we're already feeling the alcohol so oh we have a little bit of a uh a little overcarbonated there. <laughs> we had a little bit of an explosion. Yeah, Jeff had a beer shower. <laughs> wow, that one was energetic when I took the cap off. Yeah. And it's been sitting in my fridge for over a week now. That's interesting. I wonder why that happened. Those yeasts must have been really putting a lot of pressure in there. Hope we didn't lose too much of a juice from that. <laughs> Got a nice little wet spot on my shorts now. Yeah, that was from before, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Don't lie to our listeners. This is, uh, like we say, the Rochefort 10. 11.3% alcohol. We have a gravity rating for this, which is interesting, a 1.1 or 10 Belgian degrees. Uh, Rochefort also makes the 6 and 8 both strong dark ales. And the brewery started at the, uh, the lonely date of 1595. So they've been making beer for a while. Yeah, that's a, that's a while. Uh, they probably uh, gone through a couple of brewmasters in those times, huh? Probably a couple of generations of brewmasters. Yeah. 
It reminds me, it, or or they have that, you know, that uh, Holy Grail guy. Oh, you must choose wisely. Choose, but choose wisely. Yes, the. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm smelling um, heaven. <laughs> what? Almost a smoked flavor. Yeah, it has a smoky smell. Reminds me the aroma when I first took the very first aroma. I'm not saying it compares to the beer much. It's probably better, but it reminded me of the Allagash Double aroma, which has that smokiness to it yeah. too. So the first sip, that's like, oh, it's like Allagash, but this one has a lot more sweetness to it in the aroma too. Yeah, and it has that that sweetness that I can't quite place. That interesting kind of. Uh sugary sweet that you get in candy shops but you don't quite get a candy that tastes like that Jeff and I are trying to figure out exactly how to describe it there's kind of a candy sugariness that hits you in the back and really all over your tongue and then it just and then there's alcohol that brings it out even more as it goes away yeah, at 11.3%, there's a fair amount of alcohol in the whole taste on this one. It, it's a hard one to describe. There's, uh. a, there's a taste there that I just can't quite place. It's that there's a sugar that is not totally familiar to me in an example. It, it's a sweetness that's hard to describe, but it's, it's there big time. Let me compare it to the Chimay a little bit. Okay. It's sweeter than the Chimay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the exploding after aroma and aftertaste that this may had. When you do the try to get the aftertaste on this one, you pretty much just get alcohol. I don't I, I get I no. still get a lot of the sugariness okay. for the aftertaste for me, personally. So a lot of the flavor is coming in the back of your mouth, but it, it, this one is giving you the flavor on the roof of your mouth, flavor in the back of your tongue. Flavor. I'm getting a little bit of tartness in the flavor. The sides of my tongues are just being set off just a little bit, a little ting here. Maybe a little bit. A little bit, yeah. This has more flavor at the top of my mouth than any other beers that I can remember. It's a fairly dry beer. Yeah. Especially after it's out of your mouth. My the alcohol is... really helps all that dry off and evaporate. Not really quenching at all. I'm almost thirsty. Like, my tongue feels like, give me a drink of water or something. Give me something, yeah. Give me more beer or drink or some water. It's, it's a flavor that doesn't go away easy. So it kind of sticks around. Again, it has some of that. It's kind of a mixture. Texture-wise, it's kind of in between the West Mall and the Chimay. It's not quite as hard as the Chimay was. It's not quite as velvety as the West Mall was. It's certainly not as velvety as uh, some of the other ones like the West Flatron and the Orval. Or even the Echelle. I think this might be a beer where I enjoy the aroma. More than the more beer than itself. The taste, yeah. Not that I dislike the taste, but I really like the aroma. Yeah, of this the aroma beer. is really delicious smelling. It's too bad that the beer doesn't quite taste like that. Yeah. Because that would be an uh, absolutely delicious beer. <laughs> Not that this isn't delicious. Not that this isn't something that is really an exceptional beer that you wouldn't find in many other places. Exactly. I'm just, if it smelled, if it tasted like how it smells, it, it, would, it would knock my socks off. Let's make Rochefort 10 air freshener and market it. <laughs> I think only beer geeks would like that. But if that's the case... Hey, you just got to find the right market. That's we true. got the market here listening already. Yeah, we, we have a new sponsor. It's Rochefort... Rochefort air fresheners. 
is a whole bunch of stuff on the monks here, which is just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, basically, they they have they have strict lives. That's basically what this is all about. Yeah, I pay, this website had a bunch of information about the monks, the Cisterian monks, and I put it in in case we wanted to relay some of it. But they get up at three o'clock, don't eat meat, just talk when it's necessary. Blah 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 blah. You know, I make mean, some pretty good beer. They make some good beer. They they do that smells. Awesome. Can you imagine what their brewery must smell like? Oh, man. I mean, it's almost worth it to live in that kind of squalor just to smell this every day. So did you listen to the quick little extra I put up? Yes, um, I did. He, Jeff put up an extra of uh, his interview. Or an interview. Well, he, he the process of doing a wet-hopped version of East End's Big, hop, hop, big, big hop IPA. And uh, it's kind of really interesting. I can't wait to try it out taste the beer he told me i earned some growler credits i think i'm gonna put those towards a corny keg fill of it yeah. so i think i'm gonna get a keg of the harvest ale if it turns out good yeah uh, we're hoping it turns out good it smells really good you, that's for you sure. have to do some invention in terms of the um in terms of the the hops using the hops you had to put into the mash tun right because we didn't want to yeah. clog the brew kettle because the, the the drain in the brew kettle is rather right. small and i wonder how that will actually affect the beer well i was wondering that too where we weren't actually boiling the the hops now we weren't trying to get alpha acids we weren't trying to increase the bitterness we just wanted to get the flavor and the aroma so it should have worked having 180 190 degree wort steeping with hops should have done what we wanted, I think. But I'm not a... But you'll find out at some point whether not, it actually does. <laughs> right. So if you haven't heard that, you should go check it out in our extras. It's only about six minutes long, so it certainly won't. We said last week how to subscribe to the extras in the iTunes. And I got a couple more emails. They might have sent them before we put out the episode. If anyone has any questions, let me know. Or, you know what? Just check the website. I'm going to put up a post entry about how okay. to subscribe to the extras in iTunes. That's a good I, idea. It's going to be an ongoing question, so I'll put a post entry up. We really do enjoy doing the extras. There's a lot of good stuff in there. In addition to our post, our pre and post show interviews, that we have. Yeah, I think we're going to have more and more oddball stuff in there. Yeah. You know, whatever I record when I'm talking, interview people, or if I'm probably doing... if we go to another beer festival, we'll probably take some, do a brief show from there. Yeah, anything that we do that's beer related, we'll try to tape and put up there. So right, anything, anything, all, the only thing that's going to be in our main feed is going to be just the show, just the weekly show, like we always do. But the extra is going to be anything else, unless you guys vote differently. <laughs> I kind of have the feeling that I'd like to have the interviews in the main show or in the main feed, but. Most people say no. So yeah, I, I don't think it's point. a good idea because I think that we should keep the main show for the main show. That's what people are looking for in the main feed. And if people want the extras, which we certainly recommend, at least the interview stuff. If you don't like our BSing before and after the show, that's fine. We understand right. that. That's kind of an acquired taste. But the interviews and stuff are very interesting. But as always, you can always download our individual shows and our extras from our site, too. So you don't necessarily have to subscribe to the feed in order to get the extras. Okay, we finished the Schmay, or I'm sorry, the Rochefort. It's warmed up. It, it's got a little bit sweeter tasting and had a little more flavor mm -hmm. where we couldn't really describe the flavor. It just got a little bit more sweeter, a little Oops. bit more yeah. throughout. But it's still, it was sweeter, but it was still pretty dry. So how do you think they turned out tonight? I, think, you, I'm I, I think I'm going to disagree with you because I'm going to rank Schmay first tonight. 
Okay. I'm going to put Shimei first, and then I'm going to put West Maul, and then I'm going to put Rush, Rush 4. Just because I kind of felt like, you know, had a great aroma, but didn't really follow through. Okay. And it was a little too sweet, whereas the West Maul was the kind of triple that it wasn't too sweet, and I liked that. And okay. the Shimei was just kind of the one that I liked, I enjoyed it. It wasn't better than any of the three we had last week. I say the three we had last week are probably better than all three of these. Maybe the shell would be below the Chimay. No, I think you're probably right. I liked last week's better. The West Flatron was wonderful, lacking yeah. all the flaws. The Orval had that lovely sourness that was so intriguing that we just wanted to drink it up. Mm-hmm. The shell, again, was a very interesting beer. Something that came in cold and we never had before. I would put the Rochefort right up near those three. And then I would... Picking which one's the worst is the hardest. Yeah, none, none of these are bad. And that, that should be noted. I mean, these, these are all really, really good. You're not going to go wrong. I think I like the West Mall better than the Chimay. So the one you put... So for tonight, I would say Rochefort, West Mall, Chimay. And I do Chimay, West Mall, Rochefort. Interesting, but Westmall stays in the middle, <laughs> so take from that what you will. Yeah, it was a interesting triple for yeah. sure. Yeah, it had a unique difference to it. It had the sourness. Usually triples are sweet and fizzy, and this yeah. one was tempered and a little bit sour and tannic to it, which I appreciated. I really enjoyed the schmetti. Is just how I remember where I like it when I first start drinking it, but it's just not a flavor that I can keep drinking for. A whole which is weird because I I could really enjoy that one. And the Trappist Rochefort smelled heavenly, and its flavor started out a little disappointing from the aroma. Right, and it was just kind of, it was a little too, a little too overt in its flavors. And you know, I don't really, I don't appreciate, I don't know if I'm going to say I totally, totally appreciate, but I don't get excited about the overtness. Okay, makes sense. All right, so that's the three beers for tonight. Those are our trap. that was our Trappist show, part one and part two. Hope you enjoyed it. Next right. week, we'll be back with, I think, Porter's. No, no, we don't have to do the ports. We're going to do the pumpkin nails. Pumpkin nails. Okay, we're going to be pumpkin nails next week, so that'll be interesting. Seasonal show. We grabbed up a bunch of pumpkin nails, and we'll see how they turn out. Thank you for listening. This is Jeff Bear. This is Greg Weiss. Keep drinking the good stuff. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. If you have any questions or comments, email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. And feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. Our intro and closing music is Lameface by Feeble Wiener. You can find a link to Feeble Wiener on our website. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Hey!